The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. And now, some news that will surprise none of us. At least anybody who's heard the, uh, you know, or seen the radical leftism that has taken over the universities. Uh, Dartmouth uh, College, the daily student newspaper, conducted a study of about 4,400 undergraduates to measure the tolerance relative to opposing viewpoints. They first identified themselves as either Democrat, Independent, or Republican. Oh, boy. Oh, they're on a witch hunt. And they are going to find the truth. They wanted to know um, how they would be affected by learning that another student had political beliefs opposite of their own. Now, which group was more tolerant? Was it the Democrat? Was it the Republican? Or was it the Independent? I'll give you a hint. It's not the side demanding safe spaces or trigger warnings or infinite gender bathrooms. So, uh, you know, that leaves. uh, Oh, the Republicans. Republicans are the most tolerant. When asked if they would be less likely to date someone after learning that they held opposing viewpoints, 82 percent of Democrats answered yes. What the hell is wrong with us? 82% 82% said, yeah, if they'd had a different political view, absolutely, they'd be less likely to date a Republican or anyone slightest bit of uh, a right of Antifa. For, for uh, comparison, 42% of Republicans said that a person with opposing viewpoints would be less dateworthy. Now, that could also be because, you know, Republicans are like, on campus, there's only four of us, so I don't. I mean, I don't have any options unless I'm dating him. Students were also asked, what type of environment is more important for Dartmouth to create? Now, listen to these choices. One, a positive learning environment for all students by prohibiting certain speech or expression of viewpoints that are offensive and biased against certain groups or people. Or should they be two? An open learning environment where students are exposed to all types of speech and viewpoints, even if it uh, means allowing speech that is offensive or biased against certain groups of people. The results? 71% of respondents said they prefer the open environment option. Students who are Republican, 94%. White, 71%. Male, 84%. They were the most likely to opt for the more open option. The student population in Dartmouth, overwhelmingly left-leaning, 67%, while Republicans make up 19%. By comparison, 69% of Republicans felt free speech was threatened on campus. Only 21% of Democrats felt the same way. It's no surprises, really. But there is some, I don't know, some sort of comfort in having the actual numbers to empirically prove it. Facts. Data. Just two of the boogeymen haunting progressives. It's Thursday, June 7th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
Hello and uh, welcome to the program. There's a lot to lot to discuss today. Some of it good, some of it bad, some of it just kind of, you got to be kidding me. Um, we'll, uh, we'll tell you about what the job outlook looks like for you. And some, there's some really good things on the horizon. Uh, there's also, you know, the $15 wage thing, which is uh, still percolating in the, um, in the circles of the left. And we have a new study out that shows exactly what happens to jobs if they are priced out of the market. However, for the first time, it looks like, and the Fed is very, very worried about this, but this is good news for you. Uh, there's wage inflation. <gasps> what? We are now getting to an unemployment number so low that to find good and the right employees that the job prospects uh, of, of, for an employer of finding that person are getting slim to none. And that is increasing the price of each individual. Oh, it's almost like the free market system is working. We'll give you the details on that coming up. Also, uh, what kind of situation, what kind of society are we creating? You know, everybody is everybody is a victim now. Everybody, you know, please, can you stop with the fake outrage? Everybody's got to stop with the fake outrage. Because there are people that are just, they're not faking it. <laughs> they actually are internalizing it and they're like, oh my gosh. And the slightest offense, we not only have to stop with the fake outrage, but we also have to grow thicker skin. Everything is not a personal affront. And you know what? You're going to be surrounded by people who are jerks your whole life. Well, especially once you get out of college, you're going to recognize, crap, the world doesn't really care about me. And nobody really cares about me, except maybe my family and my friends. I just have to perform. I, they actually expect results. They actually, life is really about who I am and my character. But that's not happening yet, at least in the subways of New York. Here is some amazing audio. And I'm not going to set it up too much for you. It's just the subways of New York. Someone who is a minority speaking to an Asian minority who would not give up their seats on the subway. Because my daughter black, he, would, he didn't get up for me. He didn't get up for me. Because my daughter black. Because my daughter black, he didn't get up for me to sue my daughter. What am I saying wrong? What's calm? You play with my kids? I was just kidding. Be okay with it? So. Mind your language. Mind your ass and move it. <laughs> Isaiah, get up. Come here. Yeah. Right, come. Daddy, yeah. I put my child out of seat because my daughter's Spanish and, and she's Chinese. You're going to get up for her to sit down. You're right out here crazy. I spit at you. I'm calm to you play my kids. I'm a mother. You're calm. Put my child out of seat. Yes. Yes, that was the surprising part. I, that's the part I didn't want to set up. Um, you know, this is this is a typical day in New York on the subway. This is no big deal. What was surprising is that was a woman. I didn't see that one coming. I swore that was a guy. And when she's like, and I'm a mother, I'm like, wait, are you meaning that as in 
you're a woman who's given birth. I'm a bad mother. <laughs> yeah, like it was that type of. I thought yeah. at first I was like, yeah, well, yeah, no, wait, I think. And we checked and it is indeed a woman. Surprising. Shocking. And she, by the way, there's a physical confrontation in this as well, where she actually pushes the woman out of the seat to let her kid sit down, which I think the kid learned a really positive lesson. Oh, from yeah. All yeah. This. No, no, no. She, like she, her, her ability to sit down was definitely more important than the lesson you taught her. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. Definitely. That's a good parenting yeah. maneuver. Yeah. It's not like you couldn't have just, by the way, the whole time she's sitting down. She hasn't given up her seat for her child. She's sitting down. The mother is sitting down the entire time. Why are you? Why are you? Why? Why are you so surprised by this? I mean, I mean, first of all, you lived in New York. I did. The surprising part of this video well, is that it's a woman. That's that's the only surprising part. It's the only surprising. You and you're listening to the audio. You're like, man, that guy's out of control. It's a woman. Yes. That, the rest of I it is a typical New York subway. This is New York. You live in New York. That's why we moved. I was told that only white people, white males, white cis males did that to other people. Uh, and apparently, no, yeah. Spanish mothers do as well. Yeah. So, to she's, Asians. She's, she's Hispanic. She's, well, she says her daughter is Spanish. She so. said my daughter is black and my daughter is. She's Spanish as well, didn't she? Yeah, she, I think she said both. they're both. So, so I, I, don't, I, I don't know. Her, I, you know, I don't know. Anyway, but. anyway. So, um, you know, some people are, you know, online and they're like, look at this, this is crazy. No, it's New York. Have you have you seen? Oh, it is crazy, though, too. They're, they're right on well, that. It's, yes, because it's from New York. It's true. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know if the example of how our society is going is a giant tube running under a, a you know. Yeah, I don't think you judge New it's in New York. New York and the subway is the place where you and I were having a chat one day, and we were under in the in the subway underneath Thirty Rock, and we're just we're just we're talking about something I don't know. And then one of us, remember, we're like, I think the big one's going to win. Wasn't it you and I, or was it you and Pat, me and Pat? We were like talking. We were we were having a conversation about something entirely different. But both of us, without saying anything, were watching a fight between two giant rats over a rapper. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, no, that was us. I, because yeah. I, first of all, we know that Pat would never go into the subway. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, but I remember uh, sitting there. You know how like, sometimes you'd sit in the subway? Mm-hmm. And the doors would open, and mm-hmm. they would stay open. Mm-hmm. And like you know, just because like they were, you were stopped mm-hmm. at that particular mm-hmm. subway stop. And I remember looking out and just seeing a giant, giant mountain of trash and it was always good because it was not just one or two trash bags it was a giant mountain so you'd get the real smell just yeah. kind of wafting yeah, 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 in yeah, yeah. and yeah. as you're sta- sitting there the, the, the there's that moment and this is real where you see the trash bags start to move from the inside mm-hmm. and that moment mm-hmm. is it's a moment of no it's a, it's a welcome to New York choice moment. Yeah. right like yeah. it's do you run no. Or do you stand there and watch and just hope nothing bad you happens? You just stand there and watch. Because you think the doors are going to close. Yeah. Right. But then well. they don't. And then the rats start crawling out from inside the bags and scampering around on the platform. Yeah. Looking like they might just run into your car. Yeah. Um, but uh, this, Welcome to New York. Right. Exactly. Who doesn't love the Big Apple? It was just as common as the interaction you just heard. So, so I don't <laughs> know if you've seen Ryan. Have you seen Ryan Hamilton? Uh, oh, the happy face uh, happy guy. Happy face guy. Yeah. On, really yeah, this funny. is hysterical. And he talks about, and just to prove my point here, he talks about being on the subway in New York. Now, he's from Idaho, 
now living in <laughs> now living in New York, and he's seen stuff that he's never seen before. Here's his trip one day in the subway on uh, in uh, in New York. It's just different worlds. I don't even know what to tell my family when I call home. My mom will go, "How was your day?" Well, I saw a guy smoking crack on the train. <laughs> and then my mom will go, "Oh, we had a moose in the yard." <laughs> I did see a guy smoking crack on the train. People don't believe me, but I know it was crack. I know it. Even New Yorkers like, you didn't see that. I know it was crack. <laughs> Do you know how I know? Because it wasn't marijuana, and I don't know what the other options are. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's kind of like, you go ahead and tell me what that was, you know? This guy wandered onto the train, and he didn't look great. <laughs> I mean, you know how sometimes you see somebody and you go, I wonder what his story is. Well, he told us. <laughs> I mean, really more in actions than words, I would say. He sat down and pulled out what I would call an apparatus, and he started to barbecue it right there. <laughs> He's got a three-inch flame. There's smoke floating around. It's a scene. By the way, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to see this. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. One guy goes, hey, you can't do that in here. <laughs> yeah, I think he knows. Uh, he seems like a bit of an out-of-the-box thinker, this fella. He, he might be bending a rule or two here and there. What are you talking about? You can't do that in here? He said it like he expected him to go, oh, geez, I'm sorry. Am I on a train again? For crying out loud, I never do this. This is very unlike me. Are those children? I am mortified. There's another guy, five seats down from him, on the same side of the train. He doesn't break his forward gaze. He's got this peripheral vision going on, like something's going down, and I will not acknowledge it. <laughs> and he takes his hat off, and he waves it in front of his face in a motion that says, I'm on my way to a job interview. I cannot get high on crack <laughs> right now. <laughs> what kind of a city is this? I'm just trying not to get high on crack. <laughs> what happened? I accidentally got high on crack. <laughs> I mean, you know how it is. <laughs> so, again, the surprising part of that that audio was that it was a it was a woman the whole time. <laughs> Many people have a hard time uh, picturing, uh, you know, how to update their home with new blinds or window coverings. So they usually don't try to make simple improvements. It can have a dramatic effect on their home. You know, you watch. You watch the home improvement stores, and you're like, I have or store uh, shows, and you're like, I'd like to do that. I should call Joanna. You know, I wish she'd come to my house. It's it's really not that hard. You just need the ideas. Blinds.com has a cool section on their site that you can see all of the before and after pictures to get your imagination going. Blinds.com, the easiest way to reimagine your home. So go to the website and see the before and after pictures, and you'll start to see, wow, that's that's not that hard to do. They can change everything, everything in your house just by changing what you're doing to the windows. 
and they make the install process really, really simple. You get free samples, you have free shipping, you get a free online design consultation. Blinds.com, the number one online retailer of custom window coverings for so many reasons. And now through June 11th, you can have site-wide savings, Plus, you'll take an additional 5% off when you go through blinds.com slash back. Again, that's blinds.com slash back. Enjoy the site-wide savings, plus take an additional 5% off at blinds.com slash back. Rules and restrictions do apply. Blinds.com slash back. Glenn Beck. She get into this uh, DNA uh, testing and DNA data breaches that are happening. I read a uh, story last night about it that I want to share with you uh, because I think they're missing the point. They're like, what if somebody breaches and then, you know, later on you can't get uh, you can't get a job because your your data from the DNA said that you were gonna you were gonna get Alzheimer's and so you won't be able to get a job. Yeah, right. That's not, don't worry about that through hacking. Worry about that through all the DNA testing that we're now doing and at birth that's going to happen. You won't be able to get insurance. I mean, you know, there's anyway, we'll talk about that coming up in just a second. Also, I think it was uh, yesterday, day before the um, uh, MIT was having a big uh, AI conference and the White House uh, was invited to attend and they asked, you know, what does the president feel about AI and you know, we're we feel like we're falling behind China and everybody that's taking this seriously. And uh, the White House spokesperson said, well, I'm here just to tell you that uh, the president takes AI very, very seriously. And that's why we are uh, open to giving you all of the data the U.S. government has. Now, the reason why you would do this is to create AI. The, the real thing is you need the server farms. And you need the information. That's why it's getting better and better because we keep searching for things on on Google. And so they're just collecting all this data on us. The more data you have, the if you can crunch it, the faster it will go for AI. And the United States government with the NSA servers are are you know probably the biggest collectors of data outside of Google. Without the NSA servers the United States government probably doesn't have anything, you know, that wouldn't fit in the shoe of Google. So were they being offered the NSA data? I'm hoping not. (laughs) I'm hoping not. I Uh, mean, it could just be a general statement. That's the way I take it. Right. Like Louisiana hurricane victims. We are going to be there with all the resources of the United States government. Well, that doesn't mean they're giving Louisiana hurricane victims the keys to the nuclear codes. Right. Right. Like it's like that. They're not all of the resources. Right. You know, they're giving a general statement of we're going to support you. Right. Uh, Which is even that is can make you nervous. Right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't like the idea of the government, you know, uh, getting into bed with with AI. I just I'm I'm very concerned about that, but I'm just as concerned about, you know, Google doing it as well. And I'm most concerned about China and their government. Yes, or someone similar beating us to it. Yes. You know, so we'll I, we'll ugh. we'll see. We'll continue to follow and, and watch that for you. But uh, there is something that we'll have to show. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tweet it out here in a minute. But uh, there's a story that I read uh, from uh, tech about the new deep fake and i i came in and i showed it to uh Stu and the boys this morning and it's terrifying 
Yes. And <laughs> you just realize how early we are in this still. Yeah. I mean, because it was not, what, six months ago we did the first story on deep fakes. And it's already come to the point where you can't tell the difference. We'll talk about yeah, a little bit more yeah. here when we come back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So if you don't know what a deep fake is, you need to learn what a deep fake is. I've just tweeted out this uh, news story from Futurist Magazine. Uh, um, you should learn, but be wary of Googling it. I'm just going to tell you. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> you're going to end up in places that your boss will not appreciate. Not necessarily the right way to go to just start wildly Googling willy-nilly, as you would say, Glenn. Thank you, Stu. Just a warning. Warning to my friends. So anyway, deep fakes uh, are um, something that we started talking about. <clears throat> you know, I think we did our first real big in-depth story on it um, last year. I mean, uh, six months ago. But we've been talking about it for a few years. And in fact, it's something that I've been talking to Stu about since the mid-90s. <clears throat> saying that there's going to come a time when they can manipulate video that you will you just you won't believe your eyes and you won't know what's true and what's not and the more we are educated on deep fakes the uh, better chance of survival we have this will this could dramatically change the world overnight and here's why what deep fakes are is the <clears throat> ability to take any video and manipulate it so somebody is saying something that they're they're not really saying. Now, thank goodness, vocal um, reanimation, if you will, is not uh, anywhere close to where the video is, which is strange, don't you think? Yeah, it is strange. You'd think that that would be easier. I mean, yeah. when we, you know, we do editing for <clears throat> audio and video here, and the amount of computing power you need for video is, you know, hundreds of times as much it seems that to be able to do i mean audio editing is incredibly quick and easy and has been for you know over a decade right or you know video we still have projects that we do here where our editors will be like okay i uh, i just want to finish this up and then i'm going to render it after i leave so it runs overnight it's yeah. like i mean i don't I, how, so there's still a lot uh, there's still a lot of advancements that can happen there you know and then this new computer you talked about yesterday is going to you know Really sort of that. power will will start to to solve that, but as far as computing power goes, the audio stuff it's completely done and easy. So I'm surprised. Maybe it's just a focus issue. They're not necessarily focusing on that as much. Yeah, or the 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 creation out of whole cloth, perhaps, because what the video does is it takes a video of a person, and uh, it now can manipulate, and they can put a camera in front of an actor, and they will just map the face. This isn't the blue dot thing. This is just a guy sitting in front of a camera and it maps the face. And in real time, it can make the video of the other person move any way that the actor moves. So if the actor moves his head or kind of, you know, sways back and forth, uh, the, you know, Ronald Reagan in the Oval Office and this video that I just tweeted out shows that. They use one of the guys they use is Ronald Reagan. They use Putin. Uh, and then they use just some, you know, other just non, you know, no name people. And. It's incredible. You, you can't tell the difference. And the the Reagan one is interesting in that it's not even the same quality video. Right. Like it's right. a 1980s quality video in the Oval Office, as opposed to Obama, which they show in there as well. At one point, you know, which at HD. least. Yeah, it's HD video. And, and you could just see. 
like this actor doing, you know, moving his head back and forth, making different facial uh, expressions. And the 1980s video of Ronald Reagan is doing the same thing. Can you imagine? L let's just say some, uh, you know, some left wing group that wants to stop the Second Amendment unearths tape of Ronald Reagan saying how bad guns are and how I mean, you know, again, some of this at some point, if we're aware of it, we'll be able to spot. But I mean, it's going to be difficult. Think of think of. Um, Twitter. If someone, there are tweets that that have gone around over the past few weeks from people, you know, every you know, left wing people like Joy Behar saying terrible things. Um, uh, you know, it certainly happened to you many times, Glenn, where people have taken a tweet, your actual Twitter uh, name, and and it, with the blue check mark next to it, and then have just photoshopped different text below it. In a way that, honestly, just looking at it, I can look at it and just say, okay, that's not that's not a real tweet. And they'll take a screenshot of it and it'll be tweeted. Look, and they'll just say, uh, look what Glenn Beck deleted, right? And it'll be some crazy statement uh, uh, that uh, you didn't actually say. And even that is sophisticated enough to fool tens of thousands of people into retweeting it. And then when a correction comes out later on, nobody retweets it. Right? I don't even think you need to go that far. You just have a big enough following where you can say Glenn Beck said this mm -hmm. and uh, used, you know, the quotation marks and everything else. Yeah. And I just mean, say that I said it. And you'll get tens of thousands. And you get right? tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people in America. And we're a somewhat uh, believing it. sophisticated technological society, right? I mean, can you imagine what using this technology in a third world country that's not at all up on these technological developments and showing, uh, you know, like, like let's say you're recruiting for ISIS mm -hmm. and you start showing footage, unearthed footage of Donald Trump saying how much he hates Muslims, how is he's going to kill every last Muslim. You think that you think an ISIS, an ISIS recruit is going to be like, well, actually, I don't know if the mapping there looks right. Like they're going to they're going to believe it like as a lot of people would. And they go down these roads and they're going to be able, I mean, imagine what can happen with this. Elections can be overturned. Uh, wars can be started. Wars can be started. Terrorists can be uh, grown. I mean, it, it is a, it's really scary. And there's going to be a period, right? Where it, you know, where it takes people. And we're in, we're in it. We're in it we're right in now. It right now. Right now, we haven't seen a successful use of it yet. But the technology is is basically there to the point where they're using it on porn videos and stuff with apps like they're basically developing apps so you can pick a face and put it in your favorite porn video okay i mean we're not far away from this being ubiquitous a, a year or two maybe three where you're going to be able to do this and at least a very basic level very easily so when that starts happening there are going to be times where people are going i mean there, it could be entered into evidence in a trial that puts someone in prison how are you going to disprove it? It's going to be difficult because no one believes anything anymore. And I don't think that it is. I don't think that it is necessarily. Um, I don't think that it is necessarily um, um, needs to be foolproof to where you get to a, a court of law and you have an expert testify and say this this look at the pixels look at this this is a telltale sign of you know algorithmic uh manipulation blah 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 where people are going to look at the science of it and go okay that wasn't that wasn't it 
Um, so we got to let him go because that was fake. Maybe. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe. There will be a time. Right, maybe. Right. I'm more concerned about the Reichstag fire moment. Yeah. Where, yeah. Some, where a video comes out, it shows something. You know, imagine Donald Trump going, you know, a video of him saying, you know, screw the little people in the country. Just screw them. I'm here with my globalist agenda and I'm going <laughs> to, you know, get George Soros on the phone. And, they, and somebody releases it as... You know, behind the scenes uh, video of the real Donald Trump. That could set people off and it wouldn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't you matter. Wouldn't, you yeah. wouldn't make it to a trial, right. if you will. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the real issue. And it's going to, it, it will impact us. I think between 20, uh, I think between now and 2020, the election, if not, the 2022 election. And definitely 2024 election will be could hinge on whether we believe a video or not. I mean, think about what half half of Democrats believed that George W. Bush was responsible for 9-11. This is back uh, in the mid 2000s. Poll came out. It was was between 40 and 50 percent of Democrats believed that he was responsible in some way for 9-11. That's without a video. Imagine if someone were to produce a video of George W. Bush saying in 2000, right, um, and, you know, saying that he was responsible or he did know um, something that was actually legitimately convincing, not like the fake stuff you've seen in the past, but something you're like, holy crap. I mean, remember, you know, we're talking about it at a consumer level. Already you can watch Star Wars and watch, uh, you know, Princess Leia say things she didn't say. Except and, and, there it is. And you can just detect it a little yes, bit. We're yes. not far away from you not being able to detect right. that. And that's because that's full CGI. That's full CGI. That's not what they're talking about. No. What, what they're talking about, and <clears throat> this will be, this is going to put actors out of business. It will be actors and people like me uh, who have a voice or a known personality will be offered lots of money or their estates will be after they die offered lots of money for the likeness and use of their voice and their images. You you know, we could still have Jimmy Stewart acting in movies today, old Jimmy Stewart, new Jimmy Stewart, which Jimmy Stewart do you want? Because we have enough film of him. We have enough of his vocal pattern that you can feed it in and we can now put him, well, not not now. We could do a scene with him now, but soon we'll be able to do a whole movie with him now. So where does, what? so what happens? And if you are alive, if I decided to say, you know what, I'm going to retire, I'm going to retire, and I'm, yeah, go ahead, I'm just going to sell my likeness, my voice, my image, to somebody because I know these guys and they're going to keep it on the same, you know, they're going to keep it in the same, you know, fashion. All of a sudden they start having me doing, (laughs) nobody would go, but you know, me doing porno movies or whatever, Um, (laughs) which is real, which is real. Who am I? Is that me? Can I stop that me from destroying my credibility? I mean, and this, and these are, minor concerns in the grand scheme of things i mean go back to like think of an a long-term tribal dispute 
think of the Hutus and the Tutsis, right? This is the Rwandan dispute from the 90s. Largely, uh, that f was inflamed by people in the media uh, talking about how the other side was terrible, how they, they were reporting crimes that the other side would do uh, and say, uh, you know, they, they're they massacring mm -hmm. our mm -hmm. people in this region. We mm -hmm. must stand up. If you see one, go kill them. They're cockroaches, right? Imagine instead you have the leader of the opposition on tape doing it in a convincing way. And your basic day is walking 12 hours to get water and come back and someone pulls out their, their smartphone and shows you a video of that person massacring a, a village of your people. You think that civil war gets fired up pretty quick? I bet you it does. And those things go out of control quickly. Millions die in those situations without video. So the United States government, DARPA, is trying to figure out how to put the genie back in the bottle. They are saying, wait, 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 wait. We've, 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 we've got to figure out how to control this. Um, they just did a contest for um, the uh, person or group that can create the best deep fake video. And they did it through MIT. Now, I don't know if that's a say as we do, you know, uh, um, or say, you know, uh, do as we say, not, you know, not this is a say George, what we, I can't yeah, remember. George, George Bush, Bush moment. moment. What is it? It's do as, do we, as I say, not as I do. Not as I do. Um, but uh, the government is, is going to try to get control. But do you, con do you believe the government? Do you believe that it's best to have that technology just in the hands of the government. By the way, the same government that has more information on you than you have. It has everything it needs to know in the NSA servers. Do you want them to protect you against <laughs> deep fakes? <laughs> this, this, these are the things that we should be talking about. This, these are the conversations that America should be happening. Not this stupid, endless Brian Setz, uh, Seltzer, uh, Seltzer uh, you know, where's Melania Trump hunt? Brian, give it a rest. Give it a rest. She's the first lady. We've seen her. She's around. She hasn't left the White House. She hasn't left Donald we don't know if she's ill or not, or just recovering, or just tired of you people. She's the first lady, not a target. We learned this, I thought, with Michelle Obama. Give it a rest. Why don't you try to talk about some things that will actually impact our life in a spectacular fashion soon? FBI released a report citing internet crime complaints with dollar losses over $1.4 billion. 300,000 complaints received by the um, Internet uh, Crime Compliance Center in 2017. Two top crimes, uh, the non-payment, non-delivery, and personal data breaches. And 2,000 complaints were identified as ransomware, which the FBI called really malicious because, quote, it targets both human and technical weaknesses. There are lots of threats and only more on the horizon in today's digital world. 
That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection now includes the power of Norton Security for added protection. LifeLock uses proprietary technology to help protect against identity theft, like information for sale on the dark web about you. Norton, they'll help protect against the uh, threats like ransomware. And if you have a problem, they have the agents to help fix it. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock with the new Norton security is unable to uncover the threats that you might otherwise miss. So go to LifeLock.com. LifeLock.com and use the promo code back for an extra 10%. LifeLock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. Glenn Beck. Hey, great Father's Day gift is a, uh, a visit to the Mercury Museum. Here in the Las Colinas uh, studios, we have a, a small exhibition which includes the original uh, handwritten Gettysburg Address and so much more. Rights and responsibilities. Grab your tickets now. It is Father's Day weekend, which is a week away. Mercuryone.org slash museum 2018. Now there's... Um, there's a new poll out that shows that Americans are just tired. When it comes to the, the news, they're just tired. They, they just can't take it anymore. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if you fit in that poll, but I, I am. I'm, I'm tired of I, I'm tired of the media. I'm just tired of the dishonesty. That's what I'm tired of. Look, just just tell me who you are and 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 tell me what you really believe and let's work it out from there. But instead, we're just arguing back and forth and the media is not doing anything to help move the discussions forward. They they've gone insane. There was a story out yesterday we're not, ta- you know, the rest of the media is not talking about because, um, well, we, we, we have to, you know, hear the latest of Stormy Daniels or Samantha B or whatever it is. The Eagles didn't, the Eagles, did you see what happened with the Philadelphia Eagles? Did you, did you hear anywhere that uh, Medicare now is going to go broke? three years earlier than expected. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go broke. It's expected to completely run out of money by 2026. That's earlier than projected. 2026. Don't worry, that's only seven years away. I'm sure we can come up with a plan. We're not talking about that. It, it was sad to see that we, we are talking about Kate Spade. It was sad it was good to see that we were talking about it and sad because of what it meant. But as I was reading the comments, I, again, I was fatigued. The people who were saying, well, that's just what weak minded people do. That's just what people do who are selfish. Really? If you don't know, Kate Spade is the purse person that made all these purses and became a very famous designer and then lost control of her company. I mean, she sold her company. 
She sold like 56% of her company and, and her name. And so she couldn't do anything under her name anymore because her name had become a product. And she was fine for that at the beginning with the exchange. But then mental illness set in. And make no mistake, it is mental illness. You don't come to a place to where you say, I want to kill myself. Everything, everything, everything in the human psyche is built to stop you from dying. Every little creepy feeling when you get too close to an edge, to the spider senses that are saying something's not right here, I shouldn't be here. All of that, all of that is protection so you don't die. It takes extreme mental issues to be able to get to the point to where you say, I'm better off dead and so are all the people around me. And it's a lie. People were writing last night how selfish it was for for a mother to do this. I, I, I know. My mother did this exact thing when I was about the age of Kate Spade's kids. It screws you up for life. You never get over it. My nieces and nephews were the same age that I was when my mother killed themselves, when their father killed himself. They haven't recovered. It's been a decade and a half. You never do. As somebody who has been in clinical depression, somebody who has gone through a period of my life where I honestly considered killing myself, there's a huge difference between that and every bad time that I've ever gone through where I thought everything was hopeless and this is never going to end and I don't know how we're going to turn this around and oh my life sucks and whatever it is that's normal there is a different level to where you start thinking to yourself i'm so tired i can't do it another day when you start to actually think that it's logical that life is better if you weren't living, that others, their lives would be better if you weren't living. It's a mental condition to take a scarf out and hang yourself, as she did yesterday. The reason why I bring this up is because my life was saved by a guy named Bobby Drees years and years ago in the 80s. And he had gone through depression before, and he recognized it. And he said to me, you are coming with me to the hospital now. And he took me to the hospital pretty much against my will. 
and I'm alive today because of that. Life is hard. Mental illness is a condition. There is help and treatment. Your life is so great once the clouds start to dissipate. Please get help. Glenn Beck. Is there a blue wave that is coming? Because it looked like it back in January, and Democrats boasted a 12-point lead just five months ago. That lead is now down to four points. Now, that is amazing for as hard as this media has worked to uh, tear the Republicans and uh, Donald Trump apart. It doesn't seem to be working. In fact, it may be backfiring. Now, that lead at four points is really almost within the margin of error of three points. But let's just, in case the wave is real, let's just uh, look at it. It's critical that we educate ourselves with the agenda that they are starting to push. To conquer the wave, let's first learn how to surf their issues. We've seen a lot of uh, talk about, you know, free health care and free college tuition. This morning, I really want to spend some time talking to you just about the minimum wage. That's the first one. $15 minimum wage. Been a staple for people like Bernie Sanders and Kamala Harris and Cory Booker. I mean, I could go on, but the progressive crazy list is way too long to fit into a three-hour radio show. So just let's start with those guys. The federal minimum wage is now $7.25. Progressive lawmakers want to effectively double that. Now, that might, might be something that San Francisco should do, or even the state of California, but not in Idaho. You're not going to be able to afford to keep things open. And I contend, even in Seattle and Sacra- in, uh, in uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles, you still won't be able to keep things open. It's minimum wage. What effect does it have? Now, you've probably heard a conservative pundit, you know, on the media, you know, a right-leaning politician claim that jobs would suffer if this was a reality. But what is the data that backs that up? If McDonald's is suddenly forced to pay $15 an hour to all of their workers, would they do as we expect and begin laying off employees to compensate for the higher wages? Well, that is what those of us on the right claim. But is it reality? Let's go to Noah Williams. He's an economics professor at the University of Wisconsin. He crunched the numbers in two states to find out what effect raising the minimum wage had on jobs. He used fast food employment job numbers, which is the standard for measuring low-wage industry job changes, in both Minnesota and in his home in the state of Wisconsin. From 2010 to 2014, fast food employment, both states, grew at the same rate. But from 2014 until today, Wisconsin began outpacing Minnesota by over four percentage points. Employment is dropping in Minnesota and rising in Wisconsin. What's going on? Good thing he was tracking. The problem began in 2014. That is the same year that Minnesota began implementing a minimum wage increase. Wages went up to $9.65 an hour for large employers and $7.87 per hour for small employers. Now, if you consider $15 an hour as the ultimate progressive goal, what Minnesota did is actually considered pretty minor. 
But look at what those small tweaks did to the employment. Now think about what would happen at $15 an hour. Kiosks will outnumber employees in every business from fast food, grocery stores, retail, gas stations, everywhere. This is just one of the crazy progressive issues that we need to be knowledgeable about and actually have the facts at our fingertips over the next few weeks, months, and years. Progressives and socialist principles rely on ignorance of facts to succeed. It is up to all of us to deny them that opportunity. It's Thursday, June 7th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Stu, are you following at all on what is happening with the economies of the emerging markets uh, around the world as ours gets better and better and better? What's happening? You had a good outline on this, uh, actually, on last night's TV show. You can watch on demand at theblaze.com slash TV. Oh, I did. Yeah. yeah that's uh, right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you dive into this stuff, I think, more than anybody that I know. Um, so most of the stuff I've heard from you. But still, I mean, it's a scary picture. I mean, because I think we in the United States now think, well, you know, our economy is doing pretty well. And in many ways it is. I mean, you know, throwing out things like spending and long-term debt. But I mean, in the general <laughs> vicinity, like where we are right now, we no, kind job, of are in a happy place, right? Job wage inflation is a worry for the first time since 2000. Since 2000, yeah. the Fed is now worried about job wage inflation. You're not, I'm not concerned about wage inflation. That's, that's okay. And the reason why that's happening is because there's so few people that are looking for a job now. It's the lowest in 50 years. And so that means that our wages are going to go up because there's not a lot of people to replace you. That's good. That's competition. Yeah, it's great. I mean, that's great news. And there's been we are at the lowest unemployment rate uh, with the exception of April 2000. That goes back what, 50 years. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of real positives here. However, the way these things start, usually negative turns in the economy. They usually start somewhere else and filter. Well, into- this is this one actually goes into my uh, my theory that if if you remember Stu, years ago, I said, if we start printing money. To keep up with our spending, the rest of the world is going to suffer, and we are going to be the greedy pigs that get slaughtered. What happens to pigs? They get slaughtered. And this, we are now seeing the beginnings of it. And here's what's happening. The Federal Reserve is tightening the monetary policy, which is something that we've wanted to do. We've, we, you know, stop printing money. What they were doing is they're saying, we're, we're, no, we're not just printing out of thin air. We're, we're buying these assets, and we got all these assets. Well, these assets are crap. Well, now they're starting to unload those assets, and that requires people to buy those apps, assets. If you're the Fed, you take that money, and you're not making more money. You're now destroying that money. So as you sell $50 billion of something, that money has to come from the money supply that is out there. They take that $50 billion and they take it internally and they burn it. So it's gone. So they're, they're, they're destroying this by $50 billion chunks. Well, what happens? Well, the people that were, were really taking that low interest loan and were doing really, really well with it, was the emerging markets, the places like India and Indonesia and 
even, you know, Venezuela and you know, all over South America, third world countries, even Mexico is deeply affected by this. And they are, they took these loans out because dollars were plentiful. Well, now dollars are not. And so these short term loans are being reset because dollars are fewer in those countries now. They have to the banks have to charge more in interest. And so they don't have the money to continue these loans. So things are collapsing. There's starting to be chaos. There's starting to be cash shortages because we're absorbing all of it back. And it's not just the $50 billion. That probably would be okay to do. But remember, nobody's ever done this and survived. It would probably be okay. But it's also that we're running a billion-dollar deficit. I'm sorry, a trillion-dollar deficit now. In our, our budget is calling for, yeah, we're short a trillion dollars, but we'll just, uh, we'll just make it up. Well, they're not printing those dollars now. We have to go find those dollars and we're the biggest one on the on the block. So when we so, soak up a trillion dollars in cash, all those people who are at the bottom of the barrel, they don't get money and they need it. And so it's uprising and chaos. And if we don't stop our spending and we don't look beyond our own borders and see what the Fed is doing, we are the pigs that will be slaughtered because all around Central America and South America and in Asia now, a storm is brewing. Imagine a darkness, something darker and scarier than the deepest parts of the ocean. Darker than that awful darkness of space, the darkness of night, a house shackled by darkness because there isn't any electricity and there hasn't been for months. But then again, that's not the dark I'm talking about. The real dark is the dark part that lives inside of you. The things that you now have to do on a daily basis just to stay alive. Around the corner, you hear the bestial shouts from a Caracas jail. The prisoners have taken over, at least that's what you hear. They feel they can do a better job of controlling themselves than whoever has been doing it lately. It was a hundred years ago that this country was lavished in wealth. Not too long ago, you too were rich. You were healthy in that chubby 19th century Russian diplomat way. You ate well. You probably ate too much. Black turtle beans and fried bananas, asado negro. You drool just thinking of the tender shredded beef and the carrot and oregano tinged broth. <sighs> You strode through steakhouses on special occasions. You ate T-bones like a Texan. You, you drank Chilean wines, Malbec from Argentina. Occasionally, a glass of cognac. Not because you were drunk, but because you could. Because you enjoyed the sprouting goodness that life had to offer. Man, that life, it seemed like it was never going to end. Now look at yourself. You're a bag of bones. Bones jutting out like false teeth. At times, you think about all the energy you waste just breathing. What happened? Now you can barely afford a single egg. One egg. Eggs that fall out of the backsides of chickens and I can't afford it? Your mouth quivers at the thought of a fried egg tender 
so tender it pops open with just the prod of a fork oozing onto the fried papaya and rotisserie chicken. You've lost 120 pounds since it all started going to hell. And now, you're in it firmly. You weren't rich, you were middle class, lower middle class even. That's just how good things used to be. Although there was always the cinder block hovels that you can see from the plane as you land in Caracas. But now it has spread. The office where you used to work as an accountant, it's now empty, abandoned, overtaken by squatters, people like you who lost everything, who limp a little more each day toward their death. Men all in black now patrol the streets with shotguns, black bulletproof vests and black tarp-like shirts and black pants, black military boots. People hamper cars in the street because there's nowhere to go, nothing to do. Gasping a bit, you rest below a crucifix statue, the left tilting head of Christ emblazoned in a soft and sad light, the burnished rise of daylight breathing into a new day. Looking at Christ, perhaps for the first time you understand suffering. You understand his defeated look, the look of hopelessness and violence and death. The hopelessness of surrendering and surrendering until it stops mattering. You hope. You have that one hope left that all things will change. But you really hope that just anything begins to change. It was all so promising at the beginning. Everybody was going to be able to live the high life. And now only a handful are and they are the ones that live behind the gates. This, you think to yourself, this is the socialist utopia they promised all of us as Venezuelans? As you sit there under the statue, you begin to replay it all in your mind and wonder, where are all those Americans, those celebrities, those from Hollywood that praised our leaders and helped convince us that this was the road to prosperity. I wonder what they're eating tonight. We will post that on my uh, Facebook page uh, along with a uh, video that uh, makes it a little more uh, poignant and we invite you to share it with everybody that you can especially if you have any connections to Hollywood because I really would like an answer to that question where are they today Liberty Safe continues to just uh, just be the best they really are they, they make the best built safes here um, all in America they have great suppliers uh, and great stores to buy them in the local uh, safe stores or places where you can buy Liberty Safe. They're just really good people, and they're the ones that you're going to meet because they're the ones that will come out and install it. Um, and right now, Liberty Safe is offering a 12-month interest-free payment program with zero down and zero APR. They even offer Liberty Safes for as low as $20 a month. 
Been working for Liberty Safe now for about eight years. I've never seen them do this before. And if you if you want real peace of mind, you want to make sure that those pictures or those documents or whatever it is that you have in your home are safe and they're not going to be broken into. It's not going to be taken away from you and it's, you're not going to lose it in a fire. It's Liberty Safe. If you have if you worry about your guns and somebody getting in and taking the guns, getting a, getting a hands on their guns. No one is getting into a Liberty Safe. Have it installed in your home now with 12 months interest-free payments for as low as $20 a month on approved credit. But you have to act now. It's at LibertySafe.com. Go there now. LibertySafe.com. The home of the best-built safes on the planet. LibertySafe.com. Looking for a great Father's Day present? Then bring the whole family to the Rights and Responsibilities Exhibition presented by the Mercury Museum. Take a glimpse of what the world was like before men had rights and tyrants ruled. Join us Father's Day weekend, June 15th through the 17th, here at Mercury Studios in Dallas. Get your tickets at mercuryone.org slash museum 2018. So, this amazing. You know what um, uh, Maduro is now blaming the power outages on in Venezuela? You're going to love this one. He says, I'm quoting, It's because we're very close to the sun, and while the rest of the world is cold, it's hot here, and that makes the situation more serious. It's because you're closer to the sun. Huh. Well, that does make sense because I know the higher up on the mountain, the more the snow boils. Uh, because you're getting, you know, the higher up you go, it's always really hot there. Yeah, that piping hot snow can scald you yeah. at, at, at those uh, elevations. Oh, my gosh. If you have an uneducated, and Venezuela was not uneducated. You have an uneducated mass of people who are starving. They will believe whatever it is somebody tells them if they can feed them. And unfortunately, that one's falling through the crack yeah. in Venezuela, yeah. as we just heard. Yep. Yep. Uh, we want to thank uh, Nick Daly, by the way, um, one of our um, producers on the program that helped us make all of those uh, with audio. He's an amazing guy. Yeah, I was very upset, though, about that particular piece. It he was? A long, yeah, it took him a, an extra long time to do that one because he was very upset that he could not find the street ambiance in different languages. Uh, he, he apparently only has dozens of varieties of English-speaking crowds. Mm. Um, he, didn't want, he didn't want you guys to think that the ambiance of the screwed in Caracas where they speak English. So he had to search and search and search to find I didn't even know how horrible this is. I didn't even notice that anybody was talking in the street ambiance. Yeah. I mean it's uh the amount of detail that goes into those things is uh it's why why most of the people who do them are government funded. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. uh yeah there's a lot that goes into those things. Yeah, so uh, please uh, share that we'll put that up on our Facebook page. We'll put it up on uh, Glenbeck.com, put it up on the blaze.com so You'll be able to share that um, uh, that 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 real question uh, on on here's what's going on and where are all the people that held this up? Where are all the people that said this this is great? It's going to work. Yeah, and what's John Penny doing tonight? Uh, okay, you know, it's not dogs that he's hunted down in the street somewhere. I'll tell you that. Uh, he's not having that problem. The things that the people have to do now just to live. The number of women and mothers that have gone into prostitution just to be able to feed their children. The, the literal hunting of the, the zoo is empty now. 
They've already eaten all the zoo animals. Uh, They're out now hunting for dogs, cats, and rats just so they can eat. Mm. Pray for the good people of Venezuela and pray that we do no more damage with our Hollywood elite and uh, we do no more damage here because we we wake up to our own problems internally and our own march to a world that looks like that. Pleasure here. I want to start with um, I want to start with freedom. Freedom yesterday. Freedom yesterday for a um, a woman that was not expecting it to come. Alice Johnson. Uh, she was freed from prison yesterday, pardoned by the president. This is the, the woman that Kim Kardashian met with the president uh, on. It was, it, it's such a 2018 story on how this thing happened. It really is. Here's a woman who is in prison. For, she's been in prison for 20 years. She's serving a life sentence for, a, as everyone keeps saying, first-time nonviolent drug offense, right? So it's a pretty extensive uh, punishment for, for what she did. Uh, and She's already served 20 years. Um, right. And so she's already served 20 years, the idea being maybe they should commute that sentence. So, Mike.com, this is how the story begins. Mike.com makes a viral video. The video does, in fact, go viral, and Kim Kardashian sees it. Kim Kardashian then becomes an advocate for this woman mm-hmm. because of the viral video and winds up getting to the president of the United States who takes their meeting and then commutes the sentence. Like that is legitimately like 2018 justice. And I don't mean it even in a negative way. It's kind of exciting, right? Like that, you know, some you know, some probably like underpaid staffer at Mike.com was like, this is an interesting story. I'm gonna put some text on this video. By the time we would have known about Alice um in the, you know, in the old days, uh twenty years ago, she'd be dead. She would have died in prison before we all started to know about her plight. Yeah, and what would have been the other path? It probably would have been like a New York Times, you know, magazine story mm-hmm. that maybe, mm-hmm. with a, you know, yeah. maybe it moves people over a long period of time. But like, this is like, oh, you know, some guy was probably making 12 bucks an hour threw together a video. And now here we are. Here's the audio of her being released yesterday. I can do nothing, but with him, with him, I can do everything. I will thank the president of Donald Trump. Woo! I heard the drama. I heard that's amazing. I mean, it's not always the right thing to do. I mean, I think everyone kind of has united on that. Um, but it's also really smart politics. I mean, it really is. You know, to take these cases and, you know, use his constitutional pardon power to take the worst case the worst of these cases that everyone can kind of identify and say okay like we all think you know 
um, you know, people should pay for their crimes. But this one's pretty ridiculous. And to find those, I, I hope that it, I hope, and, and I, I understand that Jared is really overseeing all of this and what he's done with uh, Israel. Uh, I'll say that he's pretty good at getting things done. Yeah, uh, for, for all the criticism he took of, like, look, he's given his son-in-law these ridiculous, important yeah. tasks. Well, I mean, both he, these two, the two major ones he's looked over have gone pretty well. Yeah, the, the other one is prison reform, and and uh, and I hope we look at sentencing reform as well. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, more later. But I, I wanted to touch on freedom because yesterday was also the 74th anniversary of D-Day. And what these guys went through for our freedom today is truly remarkable, truly remarkable. My, my Uncle Leo was a guy who never, never, ever shared with the family that he was on the beaches of Normandy on D-Day. He was, he was in the first wave. His best friend, Black Eye, was, was mowed down. I'm sorry, no. Everybody else was mowed down. He stepped off the side. He couldn't swim. And he had, they had to stop before the beach. He was thrown out. And my Uncle Leo was talking to the, the captain uh, who was in charge. He's like, he can't swim. He is going to die. He can't swim. Doesn't matter. Get off. And threw him off. He went right down to the bottom, never came up. And my Uncle Leo, this, this, this was the day that just changed him. And he never spoke about it until about five years before he died. And it was remarkable to hear somebody that you knew talk about something, especially fresh. And the first time he said it was emotionally filled just emotionally filled. These guys were remarkable. And quite honestly, lucky. Hitler was nuts. You see what Hitler was, you know what Hitler was doing when D-Day happened? The night before, he was up with uh, Goebbels and everybody else, and he was up in, uh, what, what what was that place called? His, uh, the only color film you've ever seen of Hitler is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, his, like, vacation retreat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's there, and he's got everybody there. And they're just watching films, and they're talking about films and art and everything else. Very typical of what they did all the all time. time. Stayed up till 2, 3 in the morning all the time. Just drinking. drinking, eating, you know, talking, you know, mostly Hitler, you know, ranting and raving about whatever topic he cared about. I mean, they did that all the time. Yeah. Luckily for us, they had done that the night before. So he goes to bed as our troops are starting to advance. Um, they hit the beach at 6 a.m., I think, and, um, and he's still in bed. Nobody wants to wake him because he's tired, he's grumpy, and he's been saying, the first thing that happens, they're gonna, it'll, be, it'll be a decoy. Whatever they're going to fake it first. Yeah, whatever they do, the first one won't matter. It'll be the second wave that matters. And so everybody was like, Oh, well, we don't have to tell him because, you know, he thinks that it's gonna, this is just a decoy anyway. So let's not do anything. Which saved us. By the time he was up, dressed, and briefed, it was noon, six hours into the fight. Amazing. Incredible. And they had, you know, divisions of tanks that they could have, you know, repositioned to help. Uh, and they didn't for hours and hours, even after it was requested. And Hitler wasn't mad when he woke up. Why didn't you tell me this was going on? He was like, oh, wow, good. I'm glad this is finally happening. He thought it was a moment of triumph. This is their last gasp. 
I mean, he had absolutely no idea what he was doing. That's so many times. Thank God. Thank God he was so cocky and so wrong so many times. And honestly, thank God that they they believed some of the crazy things that they did. Yeah. It, it saved so many. At the very end of the war, they were going back to dousing. You know what that is? That's uh, when somebody takes a divining rod. That's how they were finding subs at one point, or, or claiming to. There's no evidence that it ever worked. Mm -hmm. But they put a lot of resources in, and they got all these people who were professional, uh, professional uh, diviners or dousers, and they made a giant map on the, on the floor, and they had these guys take their divining rods, and they said, okay, where are the submarines? Oh, their fleet is over here. <laughs> and they would go out, and there would be nothing. And they, they wasted so much time. And in the end, they were looking for uh, not Thor's hammer, but uh, oh, what's the cube? You guys don't know the cube. What's the, the, the energy that, that uh, is powering everything? Uh, you know, from from Thor and his hammer. Remember As you know, I'm not a superhero movie guy. So, I, you know, it from the movie. It's the cube that the guy, you know, the, the red mask or the, you know, the the guy. The, I can't focus on anything other than his pecs, to be honest. Okay, it's, right. just, it's okay. too beautiful. Anyway, they were looking. What is it? The tesseract. They were looking for the tesseract, uh, oh. and uh, and that's what they were working on as we were building the bomb. Thank God. Thank God. I mean, we have a, a special coming up uh, in the well, no, coming weeks, uh, uh, and it's a lengthy one um, about Hitler's monsters. It's like five or six days. Yeah, it's like a, it's a series. Um, and to bring you through all the, basically, I mean, I would, to summarize all the crazy crap that Hitler believed, yeah. and the Nazis believed, and why they believed it, and, and how they're not Christians. Oh yeah, this was not a Christian movement. No, but I mean, it's it's amazing how much of that nonsense mm -hmm. derailed them from legitimate scientific discovery from really talented scientists that yeah. could have doomed the world. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Uh, thank God they believed in nonsense. Yeah. Um, because if they didn't, we would. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. And that's saying something when you're talking World War Two. Yeah. By the way, there's uh, a lot on uh, World War II at our museum that is that is happening uh, this next weekend, not this weekend, but the weekend after Father's Day here at the Mercury Studios. We're all going to be here that weekend, and we would love to. We're opening up the doors. This is the first time I've ever opened up the entire studio, uh, 80,000 square feet of the studio, uh, and it is, uh, you know, you're going to see all of some of the stuff that's, you know, backstage, you know, from... Uh, the costumes and the and the, the you know ruby slippers and everything else from the Wizard of Oz and different props from different movies, including Darth Vader, the the mask from 1978 of Darth Vader from A New Hope. Um, all of it's going to be on display. On the front half is the actual pop-up museum, and that is the rights and responsibilities, and that is going to be pretty powerful. In fact, I was going over. It, um, yesterday, and I, I think we're going to give people the option as a cut around because uh, it's going to be disturbing. The first, you know, maybe ten percent of the movie or movie, the first ten percent of the museum is taking you to a, to the world where there was no right. You didn't have rights. The world before and the world after our constitution, where they do not recognize human rights and what that means. Um, and uh, it, it's 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 powerful.
So come, bring your family. It's a great Father's Day gift, uh, and it's happening uh, next weekend, June 15th through the 17th, and tickets are on sale now at mercuryone.org, mercuryone.org slash museum 2018. We hear a lot from people who say that their you know, kids don't like, understand the, what the Constitution and this experiment and freedom has achieved. You, oh, this was, this you was. won't take it for granted after seeing this, no. And you will, it leaves you with the question of, are we going to go back or are we, we going to go forward? What are we going to do with these rights? Because it takes responsibility. Um, this, is a, this is a real great way to teach your children uh, and to experience it yourself and things that you've never seen before, uh, including the original copy of the Gettysburg Address on display at the Mercury Museum, mercuryone.org slash museum2018. There's also something that, in case you can't come, um, we started a new series, uh, and it's called Hands on History. And Hands on History is um, uh, a way for us to tell the stories of history, but in a different way, to pick a topic. And like today's is character. Character matters. You know, who are you? Character really matters. And so to take the things from the museum and show, you know, this is the person of character. It's a person of no character, it's a person of real character. And these were the items that made our history. Uh, and today we do the, uh, today we talk about character, uh, and it's about mm, Jesse Owens and, and how he made it, and um, the Olympics in 1936, and uh, Himmler, uh, and Goebbels, and Hitler, and it's, it's a really good one. It's available now on the uh, Facebook page for The Blaze, just facebook.com slash The Blaze, um, and on my Facebook page, right after this broadcast, which is about an hour and ten minutes from now, we're going to be doing a small broadcast where I'm just going to take you uh, behind the scenes of Hands on History, and we're just going to walk over, and I'm going to show you some of the things that are that are in this Hands on History, and we'll go a little bit deeper. So you can do that at glenbeck.com, I mean, sorry, uh, the, the facebook.com slash glenbeck, and you can see Hands on History at Facebook.com slash The Blaze. Wow, way too much. Um, do it, and we'll see you here next weekend. All right, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is uh, Goldline. When you see what is happening with the shortage of money, uh, this is a crazy thing, um, because I thought we printed too much. Well, we did, and I said from the beginning, the dangerous part is when you try to pull it all back in. Why? Because nobody in human history has ever been able to do it. They've never been able to print their way out of a problem and then pull it back in successfully. It's always bad. Well, we're seeing now why. Uh, the rest of the world, Indonesia, came out today and said, uh, we're joining with India. Uh, please stop pulling your money back in. Why? Because there's a shortage of cash in those countries. They have to use our cash. It's making cash really, really hard uh, for them to be able to have loans for everyday life or for business. But we're sucking that money back in because of inflation, and we're spending a trillion dollars more than we were just a couple of years ago. Where's that money coming from? We're gobbling it all up, and it's hurting the rest of the world. And it will lead, it's already leading to inflation all across South America and the rest of the world. And it's going to do the same with us. 
Gold is the only protection against inflation. Call Goldline now. 1-866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE. Read their important risk information. Make sure that gold or silver is right for you at 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Hey, so you know Google's coming out with a new Google Assistant? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, it's, I mean, what could possibly go wrong, right? No, I mean, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the Google is in, uh, Google um, internally uh, is talking about there is one problem. They, 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 they didn't expect people to um, ask Google Assistant for advice like, should I break up with my boyfriend? <laughs> is my boyfriend uh, cheating on me? Things that are very, very personal, and they're now having to go, I don't know how to answer that one. People are. I think it should go through the emails and figure it out. Right. Well, exactly, right. exactly right. Yes, it is. With, 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 with you know, name, name the person. When's the last time they met? Here's the receipt. And we should just become a private detective. Right. And it probably will be. Um, let me ask you this. How difficult and how... I mean, who doesn't believe that a large portion of the country will just say, Hey, Google, who should I vote for? Glenn Beck. Can we all act like adults for just a little bit? Because we are running a constitutional republic. And uh, maybe we should have, you know, a constitutional conversation from time to time. President Trump yesterday pardoned somebody else uh, and his commuting sentences and talking about prison reform. And I think that's really, really good. But let's actually now have the constitutional conversation. President Trump yesterday commuted the prison sentence of Alice Johnson. It was a really touching moment and a really good thing. She's 63 years old. She's from Tennessee. She was a first-time offender, but it was, you know, it was a pretty big job uh, that she was uh, that she was pulling. Uh, she was serving a life sentence in federal prison for drug, drug prof- uh, uh, possession and money laundering. Kind of bad. She served 20 years. She's now a free woman. The president's move is getting uh, cheers from both sides of the aisle. Uh, Van Jones strangely became a Donald Trump fan last night. Um, You know, with an exception of him, the left doesn't want to get too carried away. After all, it's still President Trump, and he's the worst human being ever to walk the the earth. Um, First of all, Donald Trump is able and very capable of taking care of, um, you know, himself. Uh, nobody doesn't need anybody to stand up for him. He's doing a pretty good job at that. Alice Johnson, the reason that Kim Kardashian visited the White House last week to speak with the president. If this isn't 2018 and the way things get done now, it's amazing. Uh, a reality TV show star goes to see a former reality TV star who is in the office because she saw a video made by an obscure guy at an obscure website, and pretty soon the wheels of justice, the rust has come off, and it's moving. Not that that's a bad thing. It's just a very different thing. This went up on Twitter last year and ended up putting together a legal team to work on Johnson's case, Kardashian. Eventually, Kardashian reached out to Jared Kushner, who helped arrange the meeting. Now, here's the deal. This might be really a real positive by President Trump. We need prison reform. We need to talk about sentencing. But we can't mistake this for actual prison reform. Alice Johnson 
may be, may not have been, I don't know, deserving of having her sentence commuted. Seems like it, but I'm not the one sitting here looking at all of the facts and know everything. Perhaps life in prison is way too much uh, as a penalty for her crime. Maybe it seems like it. But the administration needs to be careful that this doesn't turn into a game of who can catch the eye of the king. There are apparently 30 more of these uh, sentences that are going to be pardoned by the president in the coming weeks and months. Okay, if it is part of an overall plan, the U.S. has the highest incarceration rate in the world. Currently, 2.2 million people are behind bars, a rate of 860 inmates for every 100,000 American adults. It costs $183 billion a year just to run our prisons. And while prison reform might improve conditions and shorten some sentences for current prisoners, that's not doing anything serious about sentencing reform. That's not doing anything serious or lasting. The president has an opening here to now use this from the bully pulpit to show we have a problem, then collaborate with Congress on real prison and sentencing reform to make it lasting. If they do that, then a move like yesterday could be used to promote and roll out the reforms. Again, it seems like a step in the right direction, but it's a dicey step, particularly as the way it's portrayed in the media as a reality star shows up A grandmother inmate gets immediate justice. That's not the American system. And while you may not and I may not worry about the abuse of this power from this president, what precedent are we setting for the next? These issues need a lot less TMZ and a lot more adult constitutional conversations. It's Thursday, June 7th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So David Barton, a good friend of the uh, program, and uh, also, aren't you like uh, chairman of, what? what is your, your executive something or other of Mercury One? You're the head of Mercury One. Yeah, the president of the board. President of, of the board of Mercury One, and doing a fantastic job, David. Um, uh, he has been a friend of ours for a long time, and... He is a guy that, as you may know, supported uh, Ted Cruz during the election. And when Donald Trump uh, started to uh, pull ahead and was the nominee, David said, good, rolled up his sleeves and said, let's get to work uh, from the inside. And uh, we were sitting in our office the other day and David said there was so much happening behind the scenes because the media is just not paying any attention they're all on, you know, the scandals that they're seeing. Is Melania dead? That's uh, <laughs> the latest. Uh, uh, that they're, thank goodness, missing a lot of the real work. Do you want to go through some of this stuff, Dave? Yeah, l- let me throw out one just to, as a start, because I, I think this is such a, a great overall view of what's not being covered. Uh, it was in Poland recently. It was with the Deputy Prime Minister, the Secretary of the Interior, and he was saying, you know, the problem we've got in Poland is that we don't produce any energy in our own country. We have nothing here. We get everything from Russia. We live off natural gas. We get it from Russia. So it really puts us at their mercy. And they're doing to us what they did to Ukraine. They squeeze them down. They cut off the, the, the oil and gas supply. And he said, and last week, your uh, Secretary of Energy Perry was over here. And I was telling him about this problem. 
And as I was telling him about the problem, he kind of grinned and looked at me and said, well, how much natural gas do you need? And and the deputy prime minister said, well, we need something like 182 million cubic feet a month. And he said, Perry looked at me and said, we just happen to have 182 million cubic feet a month that we can send you. (laughs) So right now, Poland gets all of its natural gas from the United States. No longer does it get any from Russia. Poland is also taking natural gas, selling it to Ukraine. So Ukraine is no longer dependent on Russia. So that's two nations that are now free from Russian control. So now here, what's amazing is this is something that Ronald Reagan had warned about and had tried to change. I remember this conversation when I was a kid. And, and and Reagan saying, when they're free, they've got to be free of the energy. That's right. And we have to supply Eastern Europe. And nobody's been able to do it or get it done. Well, it's interesting that right now, the United States is now exporting oil and gas to 30 different nations in the world. Matter of fact, Texas is now producing as much oil and gas as Saudi Arabia. So we are now surpassing OPEC. Uh, it's estimated in the next 20 years, America will produce 80% of the energy being sold across the world. So we are Jeez. now sending oil and gas into the UAE and into OPEC nations. They're getting it from us. Uh, and I was talking to somebody just last week, and it, it was that to get a drilling permit mm-hmm. uh, took 16, 18 months to get cleared. It's now taking under a week to get a drilling permit. Oh, my gosh. So it's it's turned around completely. The regulatory climate has changed. Uh, what Scott Pruitt has done at EPA, knocking off 67 major regulations, EPA cutting EPA budget by 31%. I mean, that it's huge stuff, and it's having substantive impact. But I love it because it's not getting reported because Trump is over here doing tweets like, I just canceled the meeting w- with the, the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles, and everybody's <laughs> reporting on that. And every one of the, I, I'm just looking, I, you know, when's the last time you heard anything going on with any of the cabinet secretaries? Nothing. Is it getting a free ride? Nothing. I love it. It is It is amazing. We talked about this um, because uh, Barack Obama tried to over, overwhelm the system. He just dumped everything in yes, right. at once and got everybody. They didn't know what to cover. Nobody knew what yeah. to cover, what was important, because it was all happening. That's not Donald Trump. I think he's doing all of that as well. But I, I'm not sure if it's strategic. I'll give him the credit for it being strategic or if it's just the chaos that he loves. Who cares, really? Yeah. And who cares yeah. if it, it doesn't matter. Stuff done, that's right. It doesn't matter. It's getting stuff done. But here's where here's where the GOP is is missing it. You have someone laying down cover fire. Yep. That's right. Every day. That's right. And where is Congress? Nobody in the press would be talk, talking about Congress. They could pass it. We could go on the gold standard. And I don't think they would spend more than two minutes on it. If, if just, just right before the vote, tweet about Stormy Daniels. We'll be fine. Yeah. Like, just, everything will be fine. By the way, maybe she's not the only porn star. <laughs> and they, would be, they wouldn't care. You could do anything. And, there, and, and while the cabinet seems to be taking advantage of that, uh, Congress is not. Now, it's interesting because one of the things that's starting to happen right now is you're having an insurrection over on the Senate side with Republicans who are pushing back to get some substantive rule changes. Uh, one of the things, and let, let me see if I can put this in context. Uh, what's happening over in the Senate on delaying tactics using the rules is if you look in the first six months of the Obama administration, 200 nominees were confirmed. In the first six months of the Trump administration, 31 nominees were confirmed. So at the current rate, the Senate is confirming his nominees. It will take 11 years to get his nominees confirmed. Unbelievable. So they're using just arcane tools. I mean, Rule 22 is a good one. That, that's a cloture rule. 
And the cloture says, okay, we've debated this enough. Let's stop debate. Let's move on. So what's happening is Democrats, even if they have no debate at all, are, are requiring maximum time on every rule. So they'll say, all right, debate time on this nominee is going to be X number of days. They go through that many days, and they say, but we want debate to continue. So what happens is McConnell says, okay, we're going to invoke cloture. When he invokes Rule 22 to end debate, at that point in time, it requires a full intervening day for the cloture motion to ripen. So you say we're going to end debate. Then a couple of days later, you can vote on ending debate. Then he says, all right, now we're going to vote on ending debate, and then you have to wait 30 hours to debate ending debate by the rules. Oh my God. And so at that point in time... <laughs> and, and, how did we ever... <laughs> How did we ever invent the light bulb in this country? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. It's the way that, I mean. It didn't happen in Washington. That's yeah, how. that's right. Yeah. They had mm-hmm. no power to stop anybody and, and from doing it. That's what's happening. And, and so what, it, it's interesting because if you look at the Senate, the Senate really is the obstruction right now. The House has passed over 400 bills that the Senate has refused to take up. And grab this. Over 200 of the bills the House has passed have been passed by 400 votes in the House. It means completely bipartisan. And you cannot get the Senate to take up a single one because they keep invoking all these times. So even if Democrats totally vote for the nominee, they're using every single procedural tool they have to put day and weeks and weeks and add on to it. And so they have no time to take anything up. And it's been 10 years since the Senate has has passed, as required by federal law, a budget. That's why they keep going to omnibus bills and continuing resolutions. The House has done all the budget work. All 12 appropriations they've gone through, the Senate won't do it. So you're now having enough Republicans. I think we're down to only one or two Republicans are standing in the way of changing all the rules and saying this is not what was intended. This is not what was designed. Where is Mike Lee on that? Mike Lee is on the right side of that. Um, there, there's a couple, and you know, I, I don't know. There, there's always a couple of Republican senators off the reservation, whether sure. it's Murkowski or whether it's Olympia Snow or whoever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even they're getting to the point where – so what happens is senators do a pretty good job of covering for each other. They won't point out who it is that's sure, holding things sure. up. But it's getting to the point where I think we're going to see some. So that's why you saw McConnell this week say we're not going to do August recess. We're going to stay in mm-hmm. because if Democrats want to keep running the zone, they'll just lose their time. And it looks like they're going to start looking at staying over weekends and voting later, which Democrats will hate because they got 33 senators, Demo- 33 senators up for election this year. 27 are Democrats. So if they lose the ability to go home and campaign because they're doing this delaying tactics, mm-hmm. if McConnell holds them in over August, if he holds them in over the weekend, et cetera, I think a lot of that will change. And where it's going to have a huge impact is on judges, because what's happening in judges right now, despite even the delaying tactics, uh, at the end of this year, Trump will have appointed 30 percent of all court of appeal judges. Wow. Now, that's huge. Because the Supreme Court only hears about one-tenth of one percent of all federal cases in a year. So your circuit courts, your court of appeals, they're essentially the Supreme Court over those states. Because 95 percent of cases never go past the circuit court of appeals. So the fact that he is going to have 30 percent of the judges appointed in those courts of appeals by the end of the year. That's that's as a matter of fact. And uh, those guys are those guys are being picked by Ted Cruz and 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 Mike Lee. Lee. That's right. Mike Lee. Ted Cruz. I mean, I mean, that is huge. Wow. It it is huge stuff. Uh, If you take the Philadelphia based Third Circuit and Philadelphia, that Third Circuit that handles uh, Delaware, New Jersey and Pennsylvania already just with the nominees he's gotten through. It is flipped from Democrat to Republican control. So think of the states that are now under a much more conservative judicial philosophy. And the Fifth lasts. Circuit has now switched. Fifth Circuit was liberal. It's come, come back to conservative. 
Uh, if you look at even the Ninth Circus, and I don't call them a circuit, I call them a circus. <laughs> um, right now, it's 16 to 6, Democrat judges versus Republican judges. There are seven pending open slots in the Ninth Circuit. He fills those seven. You're now looking at 16 to 13 as opposed to 16 to 6, mm-hmm. which are more likely to get some reasonable decisions, mm-hmm. less stupid decisions out of mm-hmm. there. Uh, you've got the Second Circuit that's about to turn over. I mean, it's just it's, it's unbelievable. And, and this is where Cruz and Lee and these other guys have been so good is they've convinced Grassley that the nominees we want to get through, despite all the delaying tactics, let's not go for district court judges. Let's go for court of appeals judges. So at this point, there's been 42 judicial nominees confirmed that Trump has put forward. One was Gorsuch, Supreme Court. The other 41, 21 have been court of appeals judges. 20 have been district court judges. So they're really focusing on getting Court of Appeals judges because that's where so much of the influence is. Uh, David, uh, thanks for the update. We're going to come back and, and uh, chat just a just a real quick uh, bit uh, about some lasting changes. Are, are these all changes, with an exception of the judges, that can be uh, changed back with the next president and how we avoid that? Also, um, the leadership training program, which Mercury One uh, runs with uh, youth, they're going to be on TV with me tonight talking about what they've learned in the last couple of weeks. We, I know we have a new group coming in next week. We'll talk about that coming up in just a second. First, let me tell you about uh, the Palm Beach letter and what they have done for us. We, um, we, we, pre- we, I mean, I would say we're pretty good with uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain and we know what it means. Uh, and we know what how it works, kind of, as much as the average Joe, better than the average Joe. But the average Joe really needs to learn about blockchain. You really need to learn about cryptocurrency because it is the future. You also need to learn how to uh, invest in it. Stu just invested in cryptocurrency. And yeah, well, I've been doing that for a while. Yeah. Um, there was one in particular that I invested in, though, and there was like a whole set of things you had to do to make it actually count, and that you weren't just like dumping your money into nothing. Um, I didn't really read it per se. Yeah. Uh, so that's just, not a good idea. Yeah, I think Tika would have said, uh, "Hey, moron, uh, you're supposed to do X, Y, and Z before you do this," and yeah. uh, then I probably wouldn't have lost all. So the money. he had he had his money in this. He, did it, is it still going up or down or what is it doing? Uh, who cares now? Yeah. It does not worth anything. He put to his me. money in this and then he missed this deadline where you know, hey, there's a fork in the road or whatever it is. You got to say yes or no, otherwise register your tokens. Yeah, yeah. He didn't do it, so he no. lost his money. These yeah. are the kinds of things that you need to avoid. <laughs> yeah. You can uh, find out all about them with smartcryptocourse.com. That's smartcryptocourse.com. Tika Tawari from the Palm Beach Letter is the one who's put this together for us. It's just for you. SmartCryptoCourse.com or you can call 1-877-PBL-BECK 1-877-PBL-BECK SmartCryptoCourse.com So we're going to continue our conversation with uh, David Barton here in a a few minutes on on the changes that are happening behind the scenes that nobody is seeing in Washington. And I want to talk to you about lasting change. I mean, there's there's things that the president can do by executive order. But as we know, as no, as President Obama now knows, it doesn't matter. Once you're out, it can change again. And that's not good for the country, not good for the economy. It's just it's not the right way to do things. Um, uh, But I want to talk about that here in a, in a minute. We are surrounded by a, a group of 20-somethings that uh, have been here for, what, you guys been two weeks now? Let's say in the second week. Uh, and they've been doing part of the uh, leadership training program. And how's that been going, David? <laughs> it's been going really good. And what a class act. I mean, I we know. have such good, 
good guys here. I spent, what, about an hour with you guys last Friday? Uh, really, really bright. Really bright. They're going to be on TV tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about what they've learned and, and what they've seen and and if it's changed. Has this changed anybody? Has this changed? Raise your hand if you've... Yeah. Like everybody, I think. Everybody, everybody has yeah. raised their hand. Um, it's It's a remarkable thing. And we have another one coming... Starting next Monday. Next Monday. Next Monday. And people can still get involved? Still get involved. We have two more for the summer. We'll have two left in the summer that we're doing and still have slots available in both of them. Okay. Just a, it's a wonderful program. Okay. And what you do is you get access, um, uh, you know, original documents, um, uh, original sources. You get to learn the true history uh, of America, the good, bad, and the ugly. And if you're part of next term, which is starting on Monday, you're actually going to be here for the museum, and uh, if anybody's still around, you guys might want to pop I back in. A bunch of these guys are coming back to volunteer, so they can be here for yeah, it. Yeah, good, good, good. So uh, you'll be able to talk to the guy who's uh, you know uh, running the Lincoln Museum, and he's got unbelievable stuff to talk about Abraham Lincoln, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, all right, so you can sign up at mercuryone.org uh, slash LTP, Leadership Training Program. We would love to have you uh, or your son or daughter, if they're, if they're between 18 and 24, uh, you are, you are welcome. Just go find all the information at mercuryone.org slash LTP. Back with some more behind the scenes of the Trump administration when we come back. A friend of mine was looking to uh, sell his house recently, and uh, a bunch of construction started up on a street. Now, that's not something that you can control. You have no control over that at all. But it becomes the whole you know, neighborhood is a disaster area now, and it's going to be impossible uh, to sell this house unless it gets a really good real estate agent, someone who can you know, walk people through, hey, this is going to be done. This is what it's going to look like. I've pulled the plans. This is, what, this is actually going to be a much better situation, and you're getting in at the right time. It's a tough sales process, but you need someone who knows these things and actually cares about getting you the best deal possible. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com to find that person. They have over 1,200 agents all over America. They are qualified with their advertising plans and the results that they get and their values. These are people who listen to the show, uh, who are going to share your values, and that's really important. If you need to sell a house fast and for the most money, or if you're looking to buy, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. You'll be introduced to the best agent in your area. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Our um, new program, Hands on History, which premiered on our YouTube channel and our Facebook channel, uh, what, about a week ago? Uh, the second episode is out. It's already up at uh, Facebook.com slash The Blaze. You can uh, watch it, share it with a friend. It is the artifacts today that help tell the story of why character matters. And I'm going to be up on the uh, my Facebook channel at, um, at uh, Facebook.com slash Glenn Beck. Just about 25 minutes from now, we're going live, and uh, I'll show you the behind-the-scenes of Hands-On History and go a little more in-depth on some of the things uh, that uh, point to character um, that are in this episode that you can watch right now on our YouTube channel or Facebook.com uh, slash The Blaze and my Facebook channel uh, in about 25 minutes. Okay, David Barton is still here. We're talking about the... the um, uh, the behind the scenes of the president and what is being accomplished and the press is so busy, you know, just reporting, you know, the non-movements of Melania Trump that they're not seeing any real progress. And it's pretty staggering. The the Would you say the biggest 
The biggest long-term um, impact, David, is coming from the judges? It definitely would be judges. Right. Absolutely. And we're not talking Gorsuch, who, no, by the no, way, is turning that, out to be really I mean, good. We may have another one coming up, but we have a hundred and, let's see, 129 judicial vacancies right now. Uh, Trump has nominated, Trump still has about 80 nominees he needs to make. He's already nominated 82 nominees, um, and so we've got 40, I know it's more than that, he's nominated 128, 128 judicial nominees. There's 139 vacancies and 30 more announced. He's going to have to make about 80 more judicial appointments just to get those empty slots filled. Give me some idea if that's a lot more than regular it's presidents. It's a lot more than regular. Okay. Um, what will happen is over the course of four years, a, a president, if a president has two terms, he will appoint about 40% of the judiciary, 874 judicial slots. So if he's in for eight years, he will get about 40% of those judges. So at this point in time, we're, you know, again, almost 30% with Court of Appeals judges in two years, not wow. eight years, but in two years. And so you look at the number of slots, uh, it could be at the end of four years, if we can get all these nominees done, we're going to be looking at, the, at in that time at about 35% in, in two years. I'm completely oblivious to how this actually works. So I'm, I'm asking honestly, like, is this... Because I think what the the process behind, from what I understand of how Trump is doing this, is it it means he's picking good judges mm-hmm. for these roles. But what is there anything that Trump is doing to make it so he's getting to more of them than before, or they're just more people retiring? No, there there are more people retiring, and at the end of the Obama administration, the Senate held off on on appointing any confirming any judges. So there was about the last year of Obama that nobody got confirmed on the courts. Mm. So Trump inherited over 100 open slots at that point in time. Um, you've got a lot of judges that go out anyway. There's 30 announced vacancies now. They haven't retired, but they're going to retire. So it, you have a pretty high turnover anyway. So it's not necessarily what he's doing as far as getting to more of them. It's the fact that he's there was a big backlog, and the ones he's naming are quality. That's right. And, and his, his Selected by Ted Cruz and, and Mike Lee. Yeah. I mean, this is really... There's been very few to object to. There's, there's a few that we say, not great. I mean, there's one going California on the Ninth Circuit that certainly wouldn't fly in Texas, but no, out California. there, you know, it's California. Mm-hmm. And so you have to make selections from the states. Mm-hmm. Where there, There's quotas you have to have in the states. I think California has to have so many, and, you know, Hawaii gets whatever. And so there's seven, there's seven states in the Ninth Circuit, and, and so each one has to contribute some. And so he's limited some geographically and where he chooses from. But overall, I mean, the quality of judges is just unbelievable. So talk to me about the laws that are actually being passed, because those are things that the president, you know, the incoming president, whoever he might be, either in two years or in six years, um, he can he can reverse. He can't reverse the judges, Mm -hmm. um, but he can reverse any kind of executive order. So talk talk to me about the things that are not really easily reversible. What's happened is Obama used a lot of executive orders. He had a phone and a pen and he used Mm -hmm. it very aggressively. Uh, In the first six months of the Trump administration, 46 substantive laws were signed. Substantive laws were passed by Congress, signed by the president. That's more than any Congress in 30 years. Of those, 14 were permanent repeals of executive orders by Obama. So under the Congressional Review Act of 1996, if an executive order goes through, Congress can override that order. And once you do it, it's going to take a federal law to sit it back in place. So it becomes very hard to go back. Do you know which ones those were? Oh, I don't. I have a list of them, but I don't recall what they were. But it's going to become hard for a president to issue an executive order and get back to where Obama was because now you got federal laws. That's a Gingrich era 
reform, right? That That's really right. had never been used. That's right. Until uh, until this administration, and they're using it aggressively. And you know, we hear that Congress not getting things passed, and that's true on signature stuff. They didn't get Obamacare. Yeah, pat, you know, they mm-hmm. got the individual mandate. That's good moves, though. But the the stuff they are passing is not small stuff. Uh, and and they measure a substantive act by you're not naming a post office. You know, you, you're mm-hmm. actually doing right. something real. And so 14 of those were permanent repeals of executive orders under the Obama administration that can't come back again. So that that's good. Uh, other things that are happening is what particularly Trump is doing with re- religious liberties. It's going to be really hard for the next president to actually reverse that. Because, for example, one of the things that, that happened we saw with Harvey, Hurricane Harvey, is FEMA is not allowed to serve churches and others that, that get hit by Harvey. Well, Trump reversed that. It's going to be hard for a president to come back in and say, oh, yeah, we, we're going to exclude churches from, from disaster relief. That's, I mean, just PR-wise, you can't do that. This, and so, this Right to Try uh, Act. That the right to, the was, right to was Try important. was huge. Yeah. That's right. They've been, I mean, Republicans have been trying to get that done for a long time. Yeah, Nate McMillan. And, and 37, I think 37 state, 35 states have done it. it mm-hmm. It's a state thing. It's just the feds that haven't got on, on board with Right to Try. Uh, so can I ask way, you, if you don't know what Right to Try is, that's sorry. you can use controversial... Um, you know, or experimental medicine if you, you know, are, are uh, suffering from a terminal in- illness. Can I ask about Scott Pruitt? Yes, now, uh, full disclosure, I come at this as a Pruitt fan. He was one of my favorite appointments, and I've really liked what he's done so far in the EPA. So full disclosure, I'm coming at this as a fan, so maybe this is tilting me. But I keep looking at the. I watched a segment yesterday from, on CNN about the list of controversies swirling around Scott Pruitt. They ranged from he has spent too much money on pens... Uh, he had <laughs> that he, bastard. He was assigning aides to do menial tasks. Okay. Uh, he had uh, he had taken trips with first class airfare, uh, and he had spent too much. And on nobody security. CNN has ever done that. No one's ever done that. No, nobody's no, ever done CNN. Now look, some of those are sort of optics. They're pointless optics. Optics mistakes, right? Like, there's no reason you know you shouldn't. You should make sure when you're under a target, you know you're you're going to be EPA. You're going to be doing things that are not going to be liked by the press. You should probably be more careful with some of those things. But like security, uh, do we not remember? Uh, elf. Yeah, Elf, for example, on the environmental front. And not to mention, in the same 15-minute segment where they were saying he spent too much on security, they highlighted that Steve Scalise was back in uniform for the first time. Why was he back in uniform for the first time? I don't remember. Was it because a, a left-wing nut job tried to assassinate ten percent of elected GOP officials? Well, we, t- we mean, talked I- about we talked about these um, uh, leftist activists up in Vancouver, Montreal. I can't remember. Up, some up, up up in some place in Canada. It's an architectural firm that is working with the government on something. They came and they took the at night the 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 wall off funneled a bunch of crickets into the walls, yeah. nailed it back in place. The entire the entire place has to be condemned now. So it's, it's like a brand new architectural building uh, and it has to be condemned because you can't you'll never get rid of the critic uh, uh, crickets. It's they were infested with crickets. So I, mean, I guess my question is, is, is there anything with this Pruitt stuff? Is it, is it just media creation? Are they targeting him because he's actually making a difference at the EPA or is he really doing something? Correct? Oh, he is making a huge difference. To the EPA. I think that's why he's targeted. Um, I, there have been at least 67 major rules rewrites at EPA. He's cut EPA budget uh, by 31%. Uh, so, I mean, this is one of the chief enforcement arms for moving forward to radical environmentalism. Mm-hmm. Now, you remember, they took a million acres from from mm-hmm. uh, Wyoming, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not doing that kind of stuff. So he's he's not a good 
I mean, that's why they like activist judges, because they can never get this stuff done legislatively. But if they can get a bureaucrat to do it, well, Scott's actually reining this thing back into where that it's more of a survey agency than a ruling agency. And so a lot of it is media creations. You know, definitely optics is part of it. Scott needs to be real cautious of, of how, and he is now. You know, he's mm-hmm. got his hand burned and slapped by CNN several times. <laughs> but it is a media creation. It's, it's more of a fake news kind of a thing. Um, there's nothing there. And, and the thing I have noticed with Trump that, that I find really amazing is if there is some fire behind the smoke, he gets rid of people pretty quick. And he stood right by Scott. He's not calling for Scott to go down. He's not doing anything to go after him. And so I think he's dug into it and is satisfied there's nothing there. You know Jeff Sessions quite well. I am I am real concerned that uh, of what's happening with Jeff Sessions on the ability just to the expanding, ever expanding ability of law enforcement just to come in and take your possessions, take right. your money, right, uh, and just never give it back, never arrest you, never charge you with anything. Yeah, and that is a real problem. Sessions is cognizant of that, but that is such a huge bureaucracy. Let me see if I can put this in perspective. If you take, we're talking, there's 23 cabinet-level areas that kind of meet together in cabinet. So, you know, you've got a dozen or so genuine cabinet things, but Scott Pruitt, EPA, National Security mm-hmm. Advisor. So if you take just one of the cabinet agencies, like Health and Human Services, that agency by itself has so many employees that it is the world's sixth largest government, and it's just one of our agencies. And so when you get over in Justice Department, you got the same thing. You're, you're running a foreign nation government. It is huge. And so his ability to know what's going on under him, and over there, they pro- they're like the State Department. They have more lifetime appointments over there in, in terms of lower-level prosecutors and others Part of, if you want to call it the deep state, which we started using here in recent, you, you've got that problem at justice. And so when you look at Schedule C appointees that the president can put in over there, it's going to take a while to get that thing moving in the right direction. Uh, so justice and HHS, agencies like that are very, very, very hard to have systemic change because you're unable to fire, you know, that, that's what, by the way, that's one of the things Congress did do was actually let you fire bad people at Veterans Department. Mm-hmm. Now, they need to be able to do that at the other places as well. Yeah. You need to be able to fire bad people everywhere. But at this point, uh, the, the actual federal process it goes through to get rid of a bad employee, good luck. I mean, it's like getting rid of a federal judge. It's like an impeachment process. It's that same level of difficulty. So Justice Department is one of those where you have a lot of entrenched lifetime bureaucrats that are philosophically aligned in a direction that is we're jeff not. sessions philosophically aligned no he's he's not that way now he is not combative he doesn't have the combative side that you often see particularly with trump um he but he understands how to use the system he's been a senator long enough that he knows how the system works and he knows where to start putting pinch points on to, to create some some pressure and some tension so he's using the system well internally, but it's not going to be the stuff that you're going to see up top for a while. It's process changes that are being made internally, and they will eventually come come up, and, and you'll see it. But it's just, it's just not anything visible that you can point to right now. It's David, internal stuff. Thank you so much. You bet. We will uh, we'll see you, of course, next week uh, for the uh, uh, for the museum here, and uh, we'll see all of the students at uh, five o'clock on the Blaze TV to see what they have learned and what their experience was. Thank you so much, David. Thanks, guys. All right. Our sponsor this half hour is Simply Safe. Uh, it's important to protect your home. It's important to protect, um, you know, your children at night, yourself at night. You know, when somebody is, um, uh, somebody wants your stuff, 
they can break in. And usually the good thing is, is, you know, only in movies do burglars break in at night. They usually do it during the day because they don't they don't want to see you as much as you don't want to see them. So when you're gone now, how do you protect your home? But do it, you know, in a in a fiscally responsible way with new technology. Simply safe. Simply safe is completely wireless, uh, and so nobody can cut the phone lines or anything they used to do. I think in the old Columbo movies, uh, can be done now with Simply Safe. Simply Safe dot com slash Beck. It is a uh, it's a new way with no contracts. You own the system, no strings attached to it at all. You can cancel your twenty four seven. You know. Overwatch service, which is only $14.95 a month. You can cancel that at any time. No questions asked. You're in control of your life and your security. It's simplysafebeck.com. Go there now, save 10% off your security system. Simplysafebeck.com. Welcome back to the program. Uh, last few remaining minutes, we're going to. Go over to my uh, Facebook page here in just a few minutes. Continue on with uh, something kind of a behind the scenes of a new series that we are doing called Hands on History, which we take the objects that we have in our museum and we kind of put them together in a very eclectic way to show you um, different principles behind history. This week, it's all on character uh, and um and we, we start with George Washington and end with Adolf Hitler and Jesse Owens. So it's, uh, it's quite a span. Hands on History, you can find it on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash The Blaze. Make sure you subscribe. Um, and uh, we'll be live on my Facebook page uh, at Glimbeck. One of the things you uh, have on the, in the museum, a lot of really violent items from history. Um, and, they, you know, they're not the only item, uh, violent items out mm-hmm. there. Right yeah. now we have guns, of course, which oh. are, are they, that know, they're only made to kill. All, that's the only thing you could possibly use a gun for is yep. to kill people. Yep. That's yep. the only oh, use. Yeah. The only use. Um, and the other one are knives, which mm. the only use of those, I don't know if you know this, is to cut. And somehow those are legal. Uh, however, there's a solution being proposed by a judge in the mm. UK uh, <laughs> that I think is pretty smart. He is saying uh, that... We should cut down the violent crime um, by filing down the pointy parts of knives. Now, if we just have no pointy part on the knife, everything should be okay. Um, The vast majority of knives carried by youths are ordinary kitchen knives. Mm. Every kitchen contains lethal knives, Mm. which are potential murder weapons. You know what? If you made them a little thicker, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. uh, and you filed off all the sharp and pointy parts. Right, right, right. You know, it... Oh, we don't have to do that. We just melt them down and make them into pipes because nobody could do anything with a pipe. Exactly. No pointing parts. Right. On it. You what know? are you going to make out of a pipe? Right. right? There's right. nothing you there's can do with that. There's nothing you can do make it with a pipe. And there's or, nothing. Or even just you hit, couldn't use that as no. a club because it's a pipe. It's a pipe. Right. You can only run water through it. Right. Uh, he, however, says, uh, why do eight and ten inch knives need points? Butchers and fishmongers do, but how often, if at all, does a domestic chef use the point? Can I tell you, you know what needs a good point (laughs) is this judge. That's what he needs. He needs a good point. Uh, Keep it to yourself till you find a good point, because that's nothing like a good point. What you're talking about there is nothing like a good point. Glenn Beck, Mercury.